With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Steeler. Fury. SteelerFury.com. Hello and welcome to the SteelerFury.com podcast. I am Will Massasak, a.k.a. B2B, a.k.a. Bradshaw of Ben, a.k.a. Accidental Zen on Twitter. A.k.a. Where's Waldo? Because today the show is coming to you live from the Battery Cafe in Newfoundland. I'm in St. John's, Newfoundland, so if you're in the neighborhood, stop by for free prizes. Uh, there was an Antonio Brown throwback jersey selling for 125 Canadian, which I feel like is authentic for a pretty, pretty good deal. Uh, anyway, joining me as always on the show, and uh, I know we've got nothing to talk about today in Steelers world uh, from somewhere in the south. His name is FC. He's with us. How are you, sir? Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, it really is true. Very appropriate for this week. Also joining us from somewhere um, near Pittsburgh Suburban Zone 22, not in <laughs> Suburban Zone 22. He is still perched back for another uh, round of of uh, arguments and uh, and uh, other assorted conversations. Uh, his name is Perch. He's with us. How are you, sir? I'm just happy to be part of the uh, NFL streak for the longest consecutive weeks of drama surrounding a football team. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that the truth, man. Uh, Would any of you like to start? (laughs) Where do we go? Oh, my God. Um, I'm out of the loop. I've been been, uh, flying in the air from Europe uh, for the last few hours. Did anything change today, or is uh, Le'Veon Bell still persona non grata at Steelers headquarters? First, I'll throw that to you because you're the local. I thought you've been scouring the world looking for the guy, right? Is that what you've been doing? (laughs) It sounds like it, yeah. Barcelona, Warsaw, Venice, uh, Dublin, now Newfoundland. Still no sign of uh, Le'Veon Bell. You know, I'm so glad that the offensive lineman started to call the guy out because, you know, he and his through his agent have said all along that, hey, no long-term deal, we're going to skip. You know, we're going to skip the preseason. We're going to skip training camp, and we'll be there the same time as last year. You know, in time to prepare for Week One. Well, you know, they start saying, "Well, he'll be here Monday," and he comes out and says, "No, I won't be there Monday." And then, you know, it's Tuesday, then Wednesday, and now they're just throwing throwing salt at the guy. Uh, it, it just what's the long term play for Bell? That's the thing that to me, if he sits out the ten games, which is pretty much the scenario on the table. He will never, ever, ever make back that seven or eight million dollars. I mean, there's no way that he's going to get that much more on his next contract. So if this is all about the money, he's shooting himself in the foot for the money, you know. And I, I, you've, I, I've never seen an elite athlete in Pittsburgh hated as much as Le'Veon Bell, and that goes back to Barry Bonds. You know, maybe, maybe Barry Bonds when he left, when he was here, he was not hated anywhere near the way Le'Veon Bell is right now. So it's just, it's an ugly situation. I think that. Uh, you know, pre- prepare for to be a James Conner fan this year. That's about all you could do. Yeah, FC, I mean, got any different take on that? I'm not shocked by this at all. Um, I said in when in May, you can check the board, that he was going to hold out the 10 games. Um, 
the way his agent and even Andrew Brandt are spinning it by not having the touches and hits on the body this year, if he stays healthy next year, he'll recoup the money that he lost via guaranteed money signing bonus. I happen to agree with Perch, where I don't think that the guaranteed money will go up for him over what the Steelers offered him. I also believe there's been many erroneous media reports on the contract dealings between the Steelers and Bell. Bell's agent is representing his client, and I believe that he was honest and genuine when he said that the Steelers have done everything they, they, they feel they can do to make this deal. They negotiated in good faith, just couldn't get the deal done. Um, I believe Bell's being advised by his agent to hold out to, to, to week 10. Um, I believe that this is going to be the final part of the curse of Todd Haley. Um, we did really, we were a Le'Veon Bell-centric offense when he was healthy. I mean, he touched the ball a ton, and uh, he had a lot of hits on his body. I understand that Le'Veon Bell wanted those touches. He begged for the ball so he would be able to get the big payday. The two things worked against each other. Do I hate Le'Veon Bell? No. I mean, it's part of the game. It's part of the business. Um, do, I, do I wish he was playing this week? Yeah, he's the best running back in the NFL. As a Steeler fan, am I a little bit pissed? Yeah. But I understand. I understand what he did, and I understand why he's doing it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I understand as well, although I'm not sure it's the way to win yourself the uh, biggest contract in history for your position, right? Because – it's one thing to say, well, all right, he's trying to remain unscathed and all that business, but I think if you really want to get the top dollar, you play a good teammate, you at least pretend to be a good teammate uh, and soldier, you know, uh, and do your and do your deal without it affecting the team. But I think that's why the players are really upset. They they this has now started to affect them, not just not just him, and more importantly, he's doing it at this point in a way that's not about getting the best deal for himself or more money. It's more like, um, it's more sort of like a cop out. I don't know. If you, to me, it feels like a cop out. You know, if he I doesn't, that, if he holds, I agree with that too. I just, I didn't want to be a dick and just and 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 just go over that or just overlook that point. As a teammate, he's a piece of shit. But yeah, I agree. <laughs> Is that all? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, and to Perch's point, I'm willing to uh, give James Conner the benefit of the doubt. I feel like he came in this year uh, ready to play and you know to, ready to step his game up in year two compared to, uh, to compared to last season. But I'm not convinced that he's a three-down back that he really fits what the Steelers need to do on offense in order to score points and win games. I can see him being a very good runner when the situation calls for it on first and second down. I, I'm not sure I see him as either a short yardage back or a third down back. So, Perch, do you think that they will mix in the other two guys a little bit? How do you expect the rotation to work this week? Because we have at least this week without Bell. I think Connor's the guy, to be honest. I think that he's going to get the majority of the carries, and I, I, I think he can do everything they need him to do, not as well as Bell, but in a similar capacity with the exception of – the pass blocking. That's the only thing that I think there's going to be a noticeable step down. And, you know, Bell never gave up a sack and very rarely even let somebody touch the quarterback when he blocked him. Connor's a little bit of a work in progress there. But I, I think just the, between the tackles running where Connor's going to hit the hole and, and go for I think he's going to – he'll run for as many yards as Bell would, given that same offensive line. I think that he's really improved his hands and it is his, you know, his uh, – uh, 
pass route uh, ability in the offseason. Uh, he's he's kind of reworked his body. He's two years off the injury and the cancer now. Uh, and he's, he's lightened up a bit where he was more of a bruiser in college. And, and Lavian Bell was the same thing. And that's part of the thing that pisses me off about Bell. He was a 240-pound between the tackles back in college. The Steelers kind of got a hold of him and said, hey, even before they drafted him, told the guy, hey, we think you could be a great player in the NFL if you get down to the 220s and, you know, become a little bit shiftier. And Connor's kind of followed that same same suit. So I think that uh, Connor is is uh, going to be, you know, carrying the, the heavy part of the load. And I think the other guys will probably just spell him a bit uh, as needed. I mean, Perch, my problem with that is the thing that, you know, the, the thing that makes this offense move, especially between the 20s, is, like you said, pass protection, passing the football, Ben getting in a rhythm. And I think the last thing they really need as a team is to have a sort of a predictable running game, you know, with the James Conner, who isn't really going to split out and run routes. He's not a real natural catcher of the football, turning his upfield, and he's not a great pass protector. I, I feel like that's the that stuff doesn't fit what makes this offense click. You can run the, They can run the football a lot like they did last year and the year before, but that didn't really result in – points the way that it could have. In a way, it almost you know it almost kept their point totals down and kept games closer than they maybe ought to have been. I mean, I FC, maybe you disagree with my take on that, but I, I just feel like a rotation is the way to go here. I, uh, I'm picking up what, what Perch is laying down. I agree with him from the aspect that James Conner is going to be, you know, the bell cow. Um, what, there's another option that really hasn't been laid on the table where you know, James Conner's not going to split out, and he's not going to run around like Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon, it's why Le'Veon Bell's making, whenever he signs, making the money that he does. Um, there's going to be other guys that are going to have to, you know, replace that production. And maybe it'll be a second tight end. Maybe it'll be James Washington. You know, I, I think those touches will still be there in the passing game. I don't expect us to, you know, revert, you know, back to, you know, the mid-90s with Bill Cowher and, you know, Cordell Stewart. And I believe our running game at times was very predictable, you know, last year just because of Todd Haley's play calling and, and, and the lack of rhythm to the play calling. Um, I, I, you, you both make valid points, but they're, I think the Steelers, I think Vance McDonald, if, if healthy, will pick up touches, Grimble, James Washington. You know, the, the passing game will still be there. It just won't be, you know, as much matchup oriented in the sense of, you know, we have Le'Veon Bell on on the on the field. We we could be in five wides, or it could be you know th- two wide receivers, two tight ends. However you look at it, you know, um, just the spacing and the formations. You know, from from that aspect, we're going to lose something by not having Le'Veon Bell. But you know, I, I expect that a different guy will step up and be productive in the passing game. Yeah, Perch, I guess that's a you know that's a valid way of looking at it. Is that maybe they'll counter the loss of Bell with changing formation a little bit more, changing personnel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a big thing of the difference between Fickner and Haley. I, and I'm going to throw this out there real quickly. Does Randy Fickner's offense look a little bit like Bruce Arians' offense did early? What I mean in the, the passing game, you know, him showing, you know, a little bit more vertical looks. I just, I just maybe it's me, maybe it's some crazy. But I, I had that feeling since week one of the preseason. Yeah, and I mean his mo. What little I saw his offense from Memphis from back in the day, it seemed like he did. He liked to use a lot of personnel, and different looks. So I don't know, which is you know more Arians than than uh, and a ton of tempo. I don't know. 
Yeah, he's like that, the godfather of tempo. He was doing that, that fast, 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 fast in 2000, 2001 in Memphis. That's, that, that's really where I see the offense going, too. I think that uh, Ben's going to be calling a lot of plays at the line. I think the no sure. huddle is going to be coming. You know, for as much as he's asked and begged for it, I think Ben's had a lot of, let's say, arrogant or selfish offensive coordinators who wanted to be in charge and didn't really like, you know, Ben kind of doing their job for him. Where I don't get that with, with Fickner, I think that he's going to be a guy that's like, hey, let's, you want to go pace and, and, and tempo and – that fits what he does well. I think they're going to kind of blend the things that you – know, let, let's, let's just call it what it is. It's Ben's offense now. Ben's got his handful of final years left. He's got a, a coach that he gets along with that he's worked closely with for a lot of years. They're going to blend more of the, the Bruce Arians downfield passing with you know, some of the dump-offs and some of the Todd Haley stuff that, that he put in that kind of protected Ben with a lot of the ups, up-tempo, uh, hurry-up, no-huddle stuff that Ben likes to do and call it the line. And I think that's what the offense is going to look like. It may not reflect that week one if it's a monsoon in Cleveland like the forecast is calling for, but uh, I think uh, g- give it a month from now, I think that's what we'll be talking about. Uh, Perch, uh, you, you're familiar with the movie The Princess Bride, right? There's a you know there's a battle of wits where the guys try to, you know, the smart guy is like, you know, you are from Australia, therefore you're not trustworthy, so therefore I'm going to assume that you lied. And then, but, but then, then again, maybe you know that I know you're going to lie, and therefore oh, you're not okay, lying yeah. because you're, you know. So anyway, it's one of those deals, right? So my question was right. going to be, Purge, uh, or, or FC in this case, um, which, which offensive coordinator is more likely to call a wide receiver screen on the first play of this game? Meaning, could be Haley, uh, you know, doing what Haley does, or it could be Haley saying, I, "You think I'm going to run a wide receiver screen, so I'm going to run something else," or it could be the Fickner, just to spite the fans, is going to write a wide receiver screen. So my question is, which one runs the wide receiver screen first? What so team gets Jarvis the ball? Landry, <laughs> Jarvis Landry plus Todd Haley for the win, please. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What team's going to get the opening kickoff? <laughs> I don't know, he's, uh, this whole kickoff thing. Actually, there's a good question for you, Perch. What do you make of the, uh, the kickoff rules this year? What do you think will actually happen if they start having games? Because it feels like a lot of teams are going to start with uh, bad field position to start. Right now, the kickers are ahead. I think that's what it's going to be. I think that, uh, you know, they're going to, even with the guys not being able to make that run up like they had in years past, people are going to try and kick it high if possible to the one-yard line and tackle you inside the 20 or inside the 25 and call that a win. So, uh, you know, to me, letting that damn thing bounce and go to the end zone is, is probably a win. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, with, with all the, the number of flags that there are on, on kickoffs and punt returns anymore, I think you're almost better off with spare catching or letting it go in the end zone. So, but I think that's what we'll see. I think we'll see a lot of teams still try to kick it you know, high and short and make the tackle. Yeah, and it's like if you can guarantee that it's going to bounce in the end zone, but if they kick it right, then you're not sure when it comes down at the two, is it going to bounce the wrong direction, right? Then you're really in trouble. Um, but, uh, I mean, I just feel like those high kicks right now are are the winner. And even the, you know you kick it high and even a little bit shorter, you might have a chance to recover the ball. Um, so I, I feel like this is an under underlooked part of what this preseason was. Everybody wanted to focus on the helmet hits and lowering your helmet. Um, which, you know, catastrophe, but this, uh, the kickoff thing, I think is really, it looks, it, it, the resulting, the result of the play has been really different compared to previous years. And I've been feeling that, you know, it's going to, like I said, it's going to yield to a lot of uh, first and 10 from the 12 or 15 
more than people expect. That, that's that's how kind of how I see it. Um, Esty, let's talk a little bit about um, the, the the battle of uh, half wits or the battle of wills, depending on whether how you feel about the coordinators. There's a lot, a lot of talk this week about uh, Todd Haley and Keith Butler. First of all, they they know each other well. They practice against each other for you know, a few years. Um, how do you see this playing out? Which one of them has the advantage? Um, I really don't buy into coordinators having advantages over. I it's it's Johnny's and Joe's. It's you know, if healthy, I kind of think the Steelers have uh, have the advantage because uh, Cleveland Browns are expected to start a undrafted rookie left tackle and Harrison from Texas via five different schools, or excuse me, from West Georgia via Texas and five different schools before that. They're going to start Austin Corbett, who I'm a fan of, but he's a rookie from Nevada at left guard. And they're, you know, uh, David Njoku, like him, I mean, as a receiver, but the Steelers are going to attempt to play a physical brand of football. As Perch said, it's going to be uh, raining cats and dogs and midgets and retards in Cleveland. So, you know, it's going to be probably so the weather is going to limit your play calling. So I would take the, you know, team, you know, Stephen Tuick going to be healthy. Cameron Hayward going to be healthy. T.J. Watt going to be healthy. Um, I would say that on both sides of the ball, the defenses should have the advantage because of weather. Yeah, well, I, I mean, here's here's a little thing, uh, FC, since we're talking about Damon Harrison. One thing in there watching his film, I, I don't think he was really – this is the left tackle who's going to start for Cleveland, apparently, sure. the rookie, uh, undrafted rookie. Um, he uh, had some issues in pass protection, but as a as a run blocker, the kid is ridiculous. So, to me, if, I'm, if I'm the court – He's quite wrong. If I'm Todd <laughs> – I mean, if I'm if I'm Todd right. Haley, though, I'm thinking about a, a I'm not I'm thinking about passing as little as possible with sure. the bad weather and the fact that my left tackle is a good run blocker and not a great pass protector. Maybe I'm off there. And the Steelers kind of uh, had problems stopping the run <laughs> last year. Did, did they? I didn't notice. No, I was kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so Perch, in terms of this matchup for the Steelers defense, you know, you saw what they did in the off season or what they didn't do. You know, are they going to are they going to be much more effective uh, than they looked at the end of last season, and particularly against Jacksonville in this game? Well, you hope so. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you look at big picture, what have they really done to improve the tackling? Uh, you know, getting Sean Spence out of the league is obviously a second rate person. You know, Nick has been okay in preseason. I don't think he's looked great. He's been okay. Um, you're basically starting two guys in their very first year at safety positions with, uh, you know, Sean Davis is moving to free safety and, and sounds like Terrell Edmonds won the strong safety job. I think he's a good player, but there may be some communication issues there. And then, you know, are we now going to see a rotation with McCullers and Hargrave at nose tackle like we saw in preseason? If that's the case, are they going to address six defensive linemen when they typically dressed five? Or are they going to address just five and maybe sit LT Walton. There's, there's some questions there as to what they're going to do. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think with a, a team like Cleveland that you maybe can kind of sit on the run a little bit more, maybe they'll have some success against it. But uh, it's still, I think, the biggest question on the team. I think the pass defense and the, the, the secondary has gotten a bit better in coverage, but, you know, still have some concerns about that run defense. 
Yeah, and with good and with good reason. It doesn't really feel like the you know, aside from the players in the front seven who played last year being a little bit healthier than they maybe were at the end of the year. Um, it doesn't. It just doesn't have the feel, especially about the interior stopping the run, that it's going to be that much different. Um, FC, you were really critical of nose tackle Javon Hargrave. Um, you were you were pretty critical of him last year. I was. Did you see anything in the preseason that made it appear that he's a little bit more on track? I, he definitely looks healthier. For looks healthier. He does a great job of penetrating. He gets deeper than the ball. Um, I, there, there's still some mental things. Hopefully he'll get it. Hopefully players, teammates, new coaching will help him get it where you can actually run yourself out of place, and he actually does that from time to time. I expect him to actually to, to purchase point. I expect McCullers does dress. I think that uh, they're going to probably dress Matthew Thomas in a hybrid role where he'll – play some outside linebacker and rush. So that's where they'll steal the roster spot or for the game day hat from would be from the outside linebackers or inside linebacker, however you want to look at it. They're going to dress one left linebacker, I think, as would be my guess. And, uh, you know, the tackling issues, we'll see. I mean, the, the Green Bay game does not give you much hope. But, you know, week three and – Against Carolina, they actually were pretty pretty decent, you know. So time will tell. We'll we'll know come Sunday at four thirty. I just watched Max <laughs> Carmen say the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't going to make the playoffs. I found that interesting. He picked the Baltimore Ravens to win the division. Steelers out of the playoffs. He said that Ben Roethlisberger is basically Eli Manning without Le'Veon Bell. The Le'Veon Pell basically made Ben Roethlisberger and uh, Antonio Brown. I found that kind of interesting. Man, I just I don't even know what to say to that kind of thing because I didn't. Aren't, aren't totally fucking ridiculous, like a, you know. Fourteen and five in their last nineteen without Le'Veon Bell. When they hey, numbers lie. Um, <laughs> so, Perch, according I mean to FC's point, to me it's kind of interesting to think about who the players are, aren't going to dress are because. You know, with the way the roster is reconstructed, I don't think it's a slam dunk. Pretty, pretty tough to figure out. What do you think they'll do? No, I was, I was trying to look at that. I mean, even at receiver. Yep. <laughs> I'm real curious to see who the you know, old Steeler habits make me think that Justin Hunter is going to be you know the, basically the third receiver with James Washington maybe getting a few snaps for the first early part of the season. Hayward Bay is going to play because he's return man. He's a special teamer. You think Switzer's going to dress? Are they really going to dress six guys, or is there going to be a surprise there? They've got what nine offensive linemen. You figure they dress eight, maybe. Definitely have to dress eight minimum. Of eight. Yeah, yeah, but you know, just even going, you know, all those safeties they have. Uh, right. You know, a lot of safeties is Burnett. You know, healthy enough to play. It's you know. Uh, Not on the injury report. Yeah, so I, I guess that, you know, he's just a backup now. Uh, you would think Marcus right. Allen's probably a healthy scratch. They kept Matt I would agree Bear. with that. Uh, so, Nat Bear is probably, you know, uh, a core special teamer. Uh, Cody Sensabaugh is probably an emergency guy, so he's probably scratched. Um, but, yeah, it gets – and then you get so thin at, at the linebacker spot. You got, what, five inside backers and three outside, so Chickalo's playing. But why the hell did you keep L.J. Fort and Matikavich – 
or do they scratch Matthew Thomas? I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think Matthew Thomas will play a little bit of that pass rushing role. So I think he's going to be. I think so too. I think the guy. So that'll be like I, I'm actually listening. Matthew Thomas is an outside linebacker at this point. As funny as that sounds, in my mind, even though it's may not you may not agree, you know, but. Well, they have only three guys otherwise, right? I mean, he would right, be number four right. no matter what. But, right. um, I mean, I'm thinking there's a possibility Matikavich is a surprise scratch because uh, it's either either Matikavich or Fort. One of those guys has to sit. Uh, and, you know, to, for me, for my money, I'm going to guess Justin Hunter. Uh, I think you have to dress all three running backs. That's kind of a problem. Um, you know, I mean, maybe they'll skimp on, like, a, you know, dressing seven offensive linemen or something crazy. Um, yeah, that, but were they not dress? Were they were they not dressing only seven last year the whole year? They did not for the whole year. They did from time to time, and he came back and bit him in the ass almost once, and they switched back to eight. I mean, you yeah. have to be careful. You know, two offensive linemen going die in a game is not uncommon. Yeah, sure. Well, it's just a. Uh, Lesson has got to come from somewhere. <laughs> maybe they'll um, maybe they'll uh, deactivate both Dobbs and Mason Rudolph. Maybe the NFL should consider expanding game day <laughs> rosters to 50 players. You no know, kidding, man. Maybe that maybe that would solve all this uh, bullshit going back and forth on it. Um, uh, let's talk for a second about the other side. We talked a little bit about the you know the the rook, two rookies starting for the Browns on the left side. Uh, I mean, that's bear in mind that's Cameron Hayward's side. Uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup. But uh, the one on the other side is pretty good too. Villanueva versus. Alejandro, Alejandro uh, versus Miles Garrett. To me, that's a that's kind of a good matchup for Villanueva in the sense that he seems to do better against the guys who win with length. Perch, how do you see that playing out? Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be a pretty good matchup. Um, we haven't we see Miles Garrett against the Steelers at all last year? I think he missed both games, right? He played no, no, he played in game two. He had a sack. Okay, the sack and three tackles in game two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he looks just like a whole you know second year guy, a lot more comfortable. Bill in the wave has got a lot of lot of length and a lot of size. You know, Garrett's got you know length, size, speed, power. He's got kind of got it all. So that's that's going to be you know one of the key matchups to the game. Really, I think is his pass rush ability. And it, it sounds like Jannard Avery's going to get looks as kind of like the stunt rusher over there too. So that they've got both of those guys and, and Jamie Collins and uh, you know they've got some guys who can get after the passer for sure. Be it. I just keep coming back to. Two things. One, you know, if, if the Steelers are, are letting Ben take the reins and they're in the hurry up and no huddle, that's going to negate a lot of that pass rush. And two, if it's a slop fest, there's going to be short passes and runs. So it, it's kind of a tough game to predict until you know what that weather's going to be that day. All our hundred of Illinois yeah. is going to short set Miles Garrett to death. He's going to basically take him out of the game, rushing the passer. Illinois is too big, too long. There ain't nothing that Miles Garrett can do. I'm not the least bit concerned about it. He won't sniff Ben. He's yeah. not the type of guy that gives Bill and a wave of problems. Yes, this is what I think is exactly. Like, it's a, that it's that sort of Elmas Dumerville, James Harrison character. Right. Bill and wave is just going to club him like a baby seal. I mean, <laughs> it's horrible to say, but it's just it's not the type of guy that's going to give Bill and a wave issues. Now, if you get somebody yeah, out there in a you. wide nine that can fly up the field, it's it's going to give them big-time problems. Like the kid from Denver would be Villanueva's worst nightmare. Miller. Von uh, Miller. Which one? Von, Von Miller, yeah. Von he Miller would be his worst side. nightmare. Right right now, the forecast for Cleveland is uh, says rain, temperature about 65, game time, 
100% chance of precipitation and winds out of the east at 19 miles per hour. So, you know, that, that sounds like a game where um, I'm glad Ben Roethlisberger is my quarterback. Usually that's a good formula for him, a little bit of a poor weather game. He's pretty good, uh, with the exception of that Buffalo game uh, two years ago. But other than that, it just feels like it's going to be a game where being able to spin the ball probably keeps that, uh, the passing offense in, in play. I just wonder. I mean, Perch, I, uh, you know, I watched a little bit of Hard Knocks. I, I watched a little bit of Buffalo football last year. I, I've seen some Tyrod Taylor, or Tyrod, I guess I should say. Um, it, it seems like he's not the worst. I mean, I like him. I like him as a, you know, as a team leader and so on and so forth. He, he seems pretty good, but um, he really had some issues, crunch time in games. To me, that's the that's the thing you you lose with him. I mean, do you do you agree? How do you see this the, the Tyrod Taylor? thing lasting in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield uh, nipping at his heels. Uh, yeah, I mean, the good thing with, you know, if you're a, a Browns fan, and God bless you if you are, um, Terod Taylor does not turn the ball over. You know, he's not a guy that's throwing the ball into tight windows. He's making good decisions. He uses his legs to get out of trouble. He checks down. He's not a guy that really pushes. He's not going to make the big throw to win a game. He's not going to make the big wow throw. But he's not going to give the game away. So if you've got a good defense and a good running game, uh, just like the Bills last year, Terod Taylor is enough to manage the thing. He's kind of a, you know, I don't want to say Alex Smith kind of guy, but it's kind of the profile for him where he's he can use his legs and be mobile. I mean, the thing that kind of scares me, he, he does have, you know, he averages about 500 yards a year uh, on the ground. And, you know, if the Steelers kind of break, let it break and say, he could, you know, go and pick up some first downs on third and long and things like that. They can kind of, you know, extend some drives. But, uh, you know, for the most part, he's just a guy that, is going to distribute the ball. And I think it just it depends if Cleveland, you know, halfway through the season is one and seven or two and six, no matter how well he plays, he's going to lose that job because they've got the rookie and they want to give him reps this year. So uh, unless he comes out and is playing 500 ball, he's going to lose that job probably halfway through the season. It just it feels inevitable that eventually Baker's going to take over that gig. Um, but, you know, as far as the beginning of the season against a division opponent who's pretty good, you know, it's just hard to believe that, that uh, I don't think they're going to have a short leash or anything, FC, do you, in terms of this game? I'm pretty much sure we're going to see Tyrod Taylor no matter what. Yeah, I mean, Tyrod Taylor's a winner, and uh, he's won in this leg. And uh, he actually, before he played in Buffalo, was effective. And he's been effective from day one. Uh, he's, I completely agree with Perch. I mean, even if I think they are a 500 team, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get yanked, you know, for Mayfield. But no, I don't. I don't sure. expect Taylor to get pulled in week one against the Steelers in yeah. a fucking monsoon. So no. <laughs> yeah, although you know, you never know exactly what happens. But I think it would take like a pretty big disaster uh, to even contemplate such a thing. Um, guys, I think maybe uh, unless there's something else I'm missing, maybe we'll move on to just talk quickly about uh, our around the league segment brought to us by. Mike Pereira, Chico's Bill Bonds, that company that was cool to us on Twitter, who I forget because I'm a stoner, that <laughs> you said or added advertiser to the uh, – and uh, Ed Hockey Leaf's kid because – being an NFL referee because there's no fucking nepotism in the NFL. No, not at all. He worked his way up, you know, like everybody else. Exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> you forgot about your river on, but – I'll, I'll give you that one. Um, there you go. Perch, I just missed, rather than asking a bunch of, uh, you know, picks for games, tell me, who, who do you think, give me a give me a surprise team 
give me a team you think is uh, in the final four and uh, or maybe wins it all. Come in, Perch. Oh, I'm sorry. I, you missed all the good stuff I just said. Um, I said, isn't this the part of the season where we uh, we pick up uh, San Diego, and they always. Win it <laughs> I think the Chargers. I think they're a team that can make the final four quite easily. Who missed the playoffs last year? And they got two of the best edge rushers in, in the league. Uh, Derwin James, I think, is going to help the secondary of that team. You know, Rivers has enough. Uh, you know, enough good targets. And the AFC West is not exactly murderer's row this year. I, I think that they probably win that division, maybe win a playoff game, you know, maybe make it to, to – I don't think they'll – you know, well, who knows? They, they could win They could win the AFC. I think they'll lose either the divisional round or the uh, AFC championship game. So that's the one team out of nowhere I think will, will step up. I think the Rams are really good. I think the Rams end up winning the NFC, although, you know, I kind of like the Saints too. Um, but uh, – that's that's who I've got, and then you know. Do you believe in Jared Goff as a quarterback to to, to carry a team to two or three postseason wins? Man, I, I, you wouldn't believe it. I told you this, but I saw a guy last year who was a backup quarterback and he ended up winning the Super Bowl over in, in Philly. <laughs> I think I think uh, Goff can at, at least uh, mimic that. I just think that you know they've got so many weapons on on that team in, in uh, the Rams now, and and you know with all the players they added to the defense and the secondary and. I think they've got enough uh, where, you know, and he's, I think he's a solid quarterback. He's not, you know, a world beater, but I think, I think he could do enough to get them uh, really deep this year. Just, just the same as Philadelphia did last year. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, FC, how about you? I actually I'm came surprised. prepared for this. Um, oh. I have, uh, I actually happen to agree with a good deal with, uh, with Perch. I think the Chargers are definitely a team on the come. I got them winning the West. Um, obviously, New England winning the East because, well, it's like the little brother, little sisters of the poor and blind outside of New England. Um, my surprising thing is I have the Jacksonville Jaguars not making the playoffs this year. Um, my oh, my final four would be the Atlanta Falcons versus the Los Angeles Rams. I have the Atlanta Falcons winning in my final two. In AFC, I have the San Diego Chargers visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers playing the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl in Atlanta. And I have the Pittsburgh Steelers losing their second Super Bowl and the Atlanta Falcons winning the Super Bowl. Okay. Wow. This is a this is a uncharted territory for the first podcast of the year. <laughs> we already bailed. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, uh, I'm not sure I believe in Atlanta. Um I think they have the same issues that they had last year and the year before. So, yeah, I think they can put up some points, and I think they can make some plays on defense, much like the Steelers, but I'm not sure they have enough of a package to overtake teams like the Rams and Philly and uh, Minnesota even. I think maybe they're the – I would say that they're the, you know, fourth best out of that bunch to me. But my, uh, you know, my surprise team – probably not too much of a surprise if if you know me – I kind of think Kansas City um, is going to play over their heads a little bit. I, I know that they lost Marcus Peters and so on and so forth, but I have a feeling that that team is better than people think. And, and as you said, that division is not exactly murderer's row. And I, I think even a rookie or second-year uh, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, baby, is Mahomes. <laughs> Probably, you know, he's either going to like, you know, actually throw 30 interceptions this year, or he's going to take that team one level farther than they were last year. Um, so I, I just have a feeling that they might be 
a little bit of a surprise team that that can win a division and make it to or or you know finish as a top wild card or something and get it, and win a couple of games in the postseason that wouldn't surprise me. Um, I you know I don't know what to make of the Steelers' chances without seeing their actual defense with their actual starters on the field for a couple of games. I don't have a good feel for how they're going to play defense. I do think that this is going to be the FU Haley tour for Ben Roethlisberger, and that you know if I had to if I had to bet on one thing this season. I, I, I suspect Ben Roethlisberger might have a career year in him uh, because I feel like if you look at the last part of last year from from week seven or so onwards, um, you know, if you unleash that thing for a whole year instead of only letting it out of the bottle after a month and a half, my guess is, um, you know, he's he's got an opportunity to light it up. And they still have that guy, 84. He's pretty good. Um, I, you know, I've, I kind of feel like uh, – if it isn't this year for the Steelers to at least make it to the Super Bowl, I don't know that they'll ever do it. it seems like it's, you know, that defense is going to take too long to get better if they're not good enough this year. Um, but, you know, who knows the way this Bell thing plays out. I like, I think I like the Eagles. You know, again in the NFC, it wouldn't surprise me if they won the at least the NFC again. They're they're loaded, man, and they had a great draft and. They get Carson Wentz back, you know, who I think is better than Nick Foles, who was good enough to win for them last year. Um, pretty hard to pick against them. Uh, but I, I, if the Steelers can play some sort of a, you know, above midline defense, that might be enough for them to uh, to go a long way. So we certainly hope that all happens. Um, to that end, uh, we have a, a – it's at least a four-star matchup. Is, that, is it a five-star matchup now with Cleveland? Could that be possible? Oh, my yeah, God. Me. Yeah, uh, uh, I'll, I'll throw it to UFC. We have a, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the Cleveland Browns opening weekend in the NFL. Yet another opening weekend against the Browns. For some reason, the schedule makers love this matchup in week one. Uh, well, Cleveland still has hope. Um, yeah. What do you think will happen in this game? Give us a prediction. Okay, we're going to go with our first prediction. Um, is going to be something to what you said earlier. I think that Pat Mahomes may kill Andy Reid this year via Andy Reid having a fucking heart attack on the sideline watching Pat Mahomes <laughs> because I think he takes Brett Favre to a whole new level. But back to the Steelers. Um, I think the Steelers win this game 24-3. to um, I think James Conner rushes for 100-plus yards. I have a feeling that uh, James Washington sees a few more snaps than we were anticipating. I expect Juju Smith-Schuster stays in the slot. Um, forcing, you know, teams are going to automatically double AB. So Smith Schuster is going to, you know, come, you know, come pretty clean in the passing game with the rain. It's a nice, easy, you know, completion to the slot. And if they don't, I expect James Washington is taking the top off the defense. Um, I think Ryan Switzer is actually going to have a pretty nice effect on this game. Perch's guy, give him credit. Um, and, uh, Oh yeah, I don't expect much from the Browns' offense. Yeah, interesting. Um, Perch, how do you see this? Surprised we made it the whole time without talking about the Steelers trading for Ryan Switzer. How about that? But, uh, hey, I, you uh, know you deserve you deserve kudos, man. Amazing. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm glad that they got him. I just hope that the guy you know shows up better than he did his last couple stops. But uh, I definitely like the player in college. If he doesn't work, it's your fault. I'll take I'll take the <laughs> You can tie his rotten corpse around my neck and make me walk around with it. That's that's fine. 
Um, as far as this game goes, I mean, the Steelers are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. That never seems to work out well. They never play well against teams. It's going to be bad weather. There's going to be turnovers. The defense still can't stop the run. But Haley's got a chip on his shoulder. I'm going to go. Uh, let's take the best of the killer bees, Boswell, to win the game with a late kick. Steelers 23, Browns 21. Yeah, I could, you know, I actually see where both of you are coming from, and uh, and the weather is definitely a factor in this. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I kind of feel like it, it's going to be a game of uh, emotional pendulum that the Browns are probably going to come out in this game and and absolutely give the Steelers a punch in the mouth and try to establish that they are a different Browns team than they have been in the past. You know, they're they got they reloaded quite a bit on defense. And Todd Haley, as as everyone agrees, certainly going to have a chip on his shoulder about this game and have something to prove, pull out all the stops, which for him means, you know, even more screens and runs up the middle. Um, but uh, I kind of feel like the Steelers, if they can withstand that early punch, um, are going to pull away in this game. Just They just have too much on offense. Their offense is, is uh, going to be hard for anybody to stop this year when it's rolling. And I think it can be rolling if they unleash it. I got a feeling with Pickner behind the controls, unless unless there's somebody you know behind uh, other than the offensive coordinator and quarterback who is literally you know trying to put a governor on this engine. Uh, I think the Steelers can move the football and put up points against the Browns in any kind of weather. Um, I, I will make it those fairly low scoring. I'll make it 24-13 uh, just because of the weather. And as you guys said. You know, it kind of feels like if, if James Conner is going to play more, the Steelers can control the, you know, flip the downs, but I'm not sure they can score 30 or 40 points doing that. So I'll make it Steelers 24 13. Um, let's all hope that this, you know, being favored on the road thing uh, early in the season, that they can get past that because I can't even bear to think about the meltdown that will happen if the Steelers lose to the Browns in Cleveland. So, uh, final thought for you, Perch. James Conner, man. It's a James Conner show. Let's, uh, let's, let's hope that the offensive line, for as angry as they've been all week, and is, is the things that they've come out in public and said about Le'Veon Bell, they just go out in this game and say, you know what, we're going to make this kid into a star and block their ass off for James Conner. I mean, it's a, it's a great story. I mean, all the things that, that this guy went through and a local hero at Pitt. And I, I, I was not a big fan, to be honest, when the Sewers drafted the guy, but uh, – Nobody be rooting harder for James Conner this weekend than me, and hopefully we can put this lady on Bell crap to bed as soon as possible. Here, here, man. Um, FT, final thoughts? Kids, before you decide to name your dog after a football player, realize that football player <laughs> be a fucking piece of shit like Le'Veon Bell. Now, I absolutely adore my Bella, but God. In all seriousness, have fun. Don't drink and drive. I'm going to get high and play some golf. Everybody enjoy the Steelers game. <laughs> that sounds like a. It doesn't sound like a good idea to be near the course. But oh, I'm asking you money, baby. <laughs> My final thought is, uh, you know, you got this guy, uh, Jalen Samuels, and you got and you got a, a, a second year James Conner who seems revived a little bit from how he was last year. And you even have Stephen Ridley, who could do some things. I, I'm begging the Steelers' brain trust, if you're listening to me, you use those guys because I think you could see a game where Connor and Samuels and Ridley together can uh, outperform what Le'Veon Bell does week to week. 
It wouldn't surprise me if they did that if they if they use them. So here's my advice: use them. <laughs> so anyway, let us hope. Um, I'm uh, in a little bit more stable situation than even though I have a. Like I said, a, a shout out to the to very cool folks at the Battery Cafe here in St. John's, Newfoundland, for letting me record the show in the room. Uh, even though it was crazy busy and the espresso machines and people talking, it's a lively show this week. Uh, I will let us hope I'm in a little bit more uh, stable situation for our next show. Uh, but guys, thanks for joining me. Wow, it's gotten absolutely insane suddenly. Um, guys, thanks for joining me. And uh, on that note... Enjoy football season tonight and enjoy Steelers' victory on Sunday. I'll talk to you. FC, Perch, everybody, Steeler Fury, thank you very much for the show. Signing off from Newfoundland. Go Steelers. Go Steelers. (laughs) Go go get them, Steelers. Hey, that's all for today's podcast. But if you like the show, please go to SteelerFuryPodcast.com and click the little button on the left and make a donation to keep the show running. We would all appreciate it. Steeler Fury. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.